This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. podcast presented by parks sportsbook and casino it is almost midnight uh coming to you after the eagles beat the dallas cowboys on sunday night football to take first place in the nfc's heading into the bye week and elliot shore parks not a single eagles fan is excited about it <laughs> how you doing pal i mean they beat the they beat the cowboys on Sunday Night Football, double-digit win. They're in first place. They in the covered. They, the they the covered. craziest, most absurd cover of all time, it feels like. Well, all, all game I'm watching, and the top thing I'm thinking is, I can't believe James convinced me into picking them to cover. Because <laughs> I, I, I was I was so positive they were not going to cover. And then they, of course, end up winning by you know almost 20 points. So they did end up covering. But I've got some thoughts about this game. And they're not going to be popular thoughts, but... I, I think it's finally time to just unleash on Carson. Like uh, this is, this is unreal how poor he is playing. Like the the gloves are coming off. So let's let's get into it. Oh great! I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that's what uh, what people want to hear. The gloves Someone coming has off. To say it. Like it's it's time. Look, it's time. Look. All right. Let's dive right in there, and we'll get into. I have a ton of stuff to get to from the game. And again, it is. Look, just on a macro sense, it is pretty crazy that we're sitting here, again. On a Sunday night after the Eagles beat the Cowboys by double digits and are in first place in the division heading into the bye week. Like, that should be a joyous time, Elliot. In in any year, that's a joyous time. And sitting at 3-4-1, obviously just, again, though they won by double digits, we all know that was a far too close a football game considering how horrendous the Dallas Cowboys clearly are. The Eagles are a bad football team. The Cowboys are horrendously bad. But let's get into Wentz because, look, you know, let's put it this way, and we'll get into more bigger picture stuff, I'm sure, but 
that that we might disagree about, but I am absolutely not going to argue with you. Carson Wentz was just an abomination tonight in this game for the vast majority. Obviously made a few plays in the second half and you know some nice throws whatever, but was just awful. Uh, you won't you won't get a ton of argument from me, but but go ahead. Go ahead. The floor is yours, sir. Ben DiNucci had more passing yards tonight than Carson Wentz did. He had a higher pass rating than Carson Wentz did. He didn't turn the ball over. Carson Wentz did. Ben DiNucci. Well, well hold up, I'll, hold up. He did, he did uh, turn the ball over. He fumbled. He sorry. Fumbled, okay, you're right. You're right. You're, you're right. I forgot yeah, about that. Sorry. Just to, yeah. um, it was only the biggest play of the game. My bad. But uh, <laughs> he outplayed Carson Wentz. And he was awful. Don't get me wrong. This is not like a Ben DiNucci isn't that bad thing. He was awful. He looks like he could. If he started 16 games for the Cowboys, they would not win a single game. He still played better than Carson Wentz did. This game was only close because of the way Carson Wentz played. It's the only reason. Each week when we talk about Carson, there's there's kind of different things you could point to. Like, all right, the offensive line wasn't great. So, you know, he's out there running for his life. Or he doesn't have anybody out there. You know, he's trying to like uh, he's trying to make something out of nothing. He's playing with slop. Like, Doug had a ho- horrible uh, coaching game. Like, there's always an excuse for Carson. Some of, Some valid, some not. There are no excuses for it tonight. You can look at every one of his turnovers, and they are directly on him. That that first turnover he had where he rolls about 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, he's standing there, the guy's running right at him, and he just gets hit and fumbles the ball. Like, he still cannot hold the ball with two hands when going down. He never he, He's never going to do it. It's not going to happen. So that's the first turnover. Completely his fault. You cannot blame anybody on that one. The second one... Again, in the he's in the pocket. The blitz. That's comes, the only one you could maybe say is not his fault because you know he got hit really quickly there. He did. Now you know. Look, I'll have to watch it again. We'll see what Carson says. But uh, Jeff Schwartz, the former Browns offensive lineman, had a video, and it's just one man's opinion. But he's based, and I think he knows what he's talking about. He used to play like the blitzers coming right at him. That's Carson's responsibility to see the blitzer coming, and you get rid of the ball. Carson's not even looking, and I hate the screen ga- grab game where you point like, "Oh, look, this guy's open." But there were two guys wide open at the uh, at the first down marker, just wide open, nobody even around him. So, again, not like recklessly his fault, but his fault. Not the offensive line's fault, not the play call's fault, not not the uh, receiver's fault. His fault that ball was fumbled. His fault, flat out. So that those are the first two uh, turnovers. The third one. Very reminiscent of the turnover against uh, it was Los Angeles in week two, where he just like flings it into the end zone. No situational awareness of where they're at. Uh, it was a poor throw into double coverage. I mean, it just what, like, what are you doing? There's no pressure. He was out on the run. So for everyone that says, oh, we'll get him out on the run, and he'll be better. He made that throw out of, the, uh, you know, on the run. And then the fourth one was just, you know, equally as bad. Like John Hightower is running. I don't know how it looked on TV. But he's running wide open down the middle of the field. There's nobody there but him and the defender. All you have to do is lead him, and it's good. It's a touchdown, assuming he catches it, I should say, with John John Hightower. But, you know, maybe you can blame the wind a little bit. It was definitely windy here tonight for sure. But, again, another throw that he should make. Like, the, the Cowboys don't expect Ben DiNucci to make that throw. The Eagles paid Carson Wentz $128 million to make that throw. And even the wind excuse, all we heard, you know, when they drafted Carson and throughout – his you know, early years was, well, he's got such a strong arm. This is why you draft Carson for, for days like today. When the wind's strong, this is when it's beneficial to have a, a strong arm quarterback. Like, there's no excuses for it tonight. There's just not. And I'm not trying to be overly critical of Carson. I'm not doing this as a hot take. This is the facts. Like, Carson Wentz, this is 
almost rock bottom for him, in my opinion. I gave him credit for the win over the Giants of saying, like, look, a win's a win. You did it at the end. He deserves credit for that. He didn't. I don't believe he turned the ball over last week, but he at least had those two uh, fourth quarter touchdown drives. Like he, th- there was reason to be optimistic about that. I don't care what the scoreboard says tonight. The the stock is down on the Eagles after this game because the stock is down on Carson Wentz. Every other portion of the ball played pretty well. The defense did their job. The offensive line we can debate, but when you consider who they were out there playing with, I didn't think protection was a huge issue overall. The receivers played well. Fulgham did good. Reger, I thought, looked pretty good in his first game back. Boston Scott, they ran the ball at will. Doug, I was okay with his calls. You could debate it, but honestly, I don't know how you can even judge Doug with how poor Carson played. Like This game was close and in question because of Carson. Flat out, point blank, period. Yeah, uh, we'll get to other stuff because I thought Doug was pretty bad. But regardless, I I agree, you know, when you're parsing out the, the blame chart for the win, uh, which, again, you know, is, is a unique feeling considering how, how bad they played. But, it, but an easy win in the end, ultimately, it didn't feel easy, you know, obviously through the vast majority of it. But, um uh, look, I, I think Carson definitely gets the biggest amount of blame for, for how they looked and how poorly he played. You know, I do think the look that the the third, the first interception, the third turnover, like you talked about, that was also like the one in the Ravens game where he just kind of threw it to the end zone there. He's yeah, he has um, made some really awful decisions like that where it's clear just throw the ball away. And, and look, all of his bad decisions come from not throwing the ball away. That first fumble was just a disastrous play. I mean, to not throw the ball away there was so clear. Everyone on TV was watching it on TV and seeing these guys running at him and saying, throw it away, throw it away, yeah. throw it away. And he didn't throw it away. So I look, I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought, you know, the last interception, I, I don't, again, I wasn't there. The announcers said they thought the wind had something to do with it. But like, like you said, no excuses. It was a poor pass, and he was just awful. I would push back and say I actually think Danucci was worse. I think in the first half, Danucci was better. I think in the second half, ultimately, Wentz ended up being better. But I think it was, let's put it this way, it was probably the two worst quarterback performances of the day, one way or the other. Like, it's not a compliment. It shouldn't even have been a debate. It's not a I'm I'm not... I, I'm more pointing out just how unbelievably bad Ben DiNucci was. And he's terrible. I, yeah, he's and again, that's the point. The Eagles won by double digit points because the Cowboys are a disaster, a, 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 an out and out disaster. And even then, like we've talked about, I was way too close. So look, I'm with you. There's no defending Carson Wentz. What I will say, and I agree, look, I, I, there's no question to your phraseology, the hour, the, the arrow is pointing down, just in the sense that, again, like, whether it's you and me right now or, or Twitter or wherever you look, every single Eagles fan is not excited right now. Like, everyone right. is bummed. And again, like, just factually, you you were talking about facts before. The facts are the Eagles beat the Cowboys. They're heading into their bye week. They're in first place. Those are facts. And those are things that, again, Elliot, in literally every other season that we know, like, that exact set of facts – we feel great about like kind of no matter how we get there unless like there's a big injury heading in or whatever. But yeah, I think you're right. But I think that because of how bad Carson looked and, and look, the only thing I can say if, if you know, a shred of optimism, and this kind of goes to you know, your line that, that you've kind of 
said over and over again, I think is a really fair point ultimately whether, you know, it's it's believable that it could happen or not. Your your point of look, the Eagles just need to get to the playoffs and yeah. have a good and have a good day, right? And I don't think there's ever been a quarterback who has the ability to, uh, you know, I guess Nick Foles kind of the only other one, like we always talk about, who has the ability to have a just all-time, all-time, all-time bad day and then come back a couple weeks later and, and have a good day, you know? so Yeah, but let me push back on you with that because you're right. Fair. Like Carson has played – in 2017, Carson played at that level you're talking about, right? That level of like, wow, he can really be two different guys. For a portion of 2019, he did, like towards the end. Carson has not been that guy this year. Like he has had series where he's been pretty good. I mean, in the Niners win, again, like credit to him, he got the win, but he did not play – like a good quarterback, he did not. He didn't have a good game that week, right? He was fine, and they won, and all that stuff. But he was not like impressive with you know four touchdowns, three hundred fifty yards. Like he was not. He did not have a good game that that day overall. So like, there's really not many examples this year of what you're saying of like Carson can bounce back. Like yes, it doesn't matter that the Eagles are a bad team right now. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to have home playoff game, and they'll just have to play really good that day and see what happens. And if they win that one, who knows? Because you get to the next game, you're hot. You're you know all those things, but. Like, it can't be masked anymore. Like, Carson is on pace for almost 30 turnovers this year. And this isn't, like, after two weeks. This isn't some, you know, obscene stat where we're just, you know, exaggerating. The season's halfway over, and he's still on pace for almost 30 turnovers. If I told you before the year that Dak Prescott was going to average 30 turnovers or, you know, be on pace for it, people would have been clowning him to no end. If Nick Foles did it, people would be like, this is proof he sucks. If if Jared Goff did it, if other quarterbacks did it, we everybody would universally agree, wow, he is terrible, right? Jameis Winston got clowned all year last year for all his turnovers. And I know those were, you know, it was interception, so it's a little different. But, like, Carson Wentz is a major problem with this team. He is the main problem with this team. Like injuries are a factor, talent's a factor, all those things. And Carson, as a ben- as the benefit of being the quarterback, can also be re- be the reason they won. Like he won the game last week for them. But if if at the bye at the halfway point of the season at the bye week, the main reason the Eagles are three, four, and one was on full display tonight, and it is that Carson Wentz has been a complete t- disappointment this year. He he has been. We can no longer view it any other way. There's no other excuse making. What we saw tonight was a horrendous quarterback, and the and the most um, concerning part of it was it wasn't out of character. It wasn't like he missed a throw because of the wind. It wasn't like, oh, he got a few bad bounces. This is who he's been all season. It just kind of snowballed on him a little bit tonight. Like none of the mistakes he made were, were out of character were, were out of character. Like holding it in the pocket. You're right. Everyone's like, hey, throw it away. Didn't didn't do it. Didn't see the blitzer coming. Poor pocket awareness, right? Missed wide open throws. Reckless with the ball. Like none of this is new. It was just all on display tonight. And you know, I don't know. I mean, do you think I'm being unfair? Like, do you think I, I'm I just being think overly- you're under? Look, I think, again, I think you look much better against Baltimore, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and obviously against the Giants, especially considering who's been in and out of the lineup, the issues that we've had with, you know, continuity and everything along the line in the receiving core, all that type of stuff throughout that time, I think you're being a little unfair, yeah, with how he's played prior to this <laughs> and the guts. But I mean, he's. Type of he's performances probably gonna... put out there, but again, like, look, I think I, I do think you're being a little unfair with that. But look, I, I also think that tonight he was a out and out disaster. I'm not, I can't argue that. Like, he was terrible tonight, and I do think that it is fair to say that more often than not, he has underperformed this season. He has not been 
as good as he think... needs to be. But I, I think you're being a little – look, I, I think you're being a little unfair. Does he need to well, be but... – go ahead. Okay, so – and look, I, I will acknowledge if I'm – you know, I am aware of the fact it could be being unfair. I just think, like, when you say he's underperformed this year, that's, like, way sugarcoating how he's been. There's a good chance that by the time – Monday night's done tomorrow, and we look at the pass ratings for all the quarterbacks in the league, he'll be at the bottom, right? At the best, he'll be like 28th. I mean, he consistently has passer ratings in the 60s, right? So this isn't underperforming. You can make the argument Carson Wentz has been the worst quarterback in the league this year. I, I don't think he has been, but you could build that argument fairly easy. He's at least been a bottom five. So, like, there's a difference between underperforming and being, like, a middle-of-the-pack guy, where even if he was a middle-of-the-pack guy, I think we would all say, you know, Car- Carson's middle-of-the-pack, but we think he can get to that, that that upper echelon. So, yeah, he's probably underperforming. He's not underperforming. He's been atrocious. Like, now that we're wrapping up the first eight games of the season, there's no getting around that. Like, it's not underperforming. He's playing really – he is – a complete disappointment through the first eight games. Yeah, and look, we can move on now if you want. But I just yeah, I don't see how you I can get, look at it any other way. Like, well, again, I think that there have been times where we disagree about how much should be on Carson as opposed to on Doug, as opposed to the roster, all that type of stuff. But again, look, I I think you're just saying it a little harsher than I would say it. But look, if you're again, I don't think there's any argument through the first eight games. Carson Wentz has not been good enough. Like, I I agree with that. I think that, you know, but I think that you, look, and and look, there's no argument with, you know, I I don't, I'm not the biggest passer rating fan and all that, but, like, that's hard to argue with it and say he's been good. I don't think he's been good. I just, I think at times, like, he has been handicapped and it is not always his fault. But, look, it's hard to argue that tonight. He sucked tonight. I don't know what else to say. He sucked tonight. (laughs) Yeah. He really, really, really sucked tonight. And you hope that with Rager back now and the chance to grow with him a bit and Fulgham back now and the chance to grow with him a bit and the offensive line, which certainly I think the offensive line from pass production spot sucked early and then kind of pulled it together a little bit. Um, I, I want to uh, look, I think running the ball, they, they should have ran the ball even more. They were running the ball. Will. um, ultimately, you know, um, I, I want to well, get to Doug in a sec. Well, I was going to say, let, let me put a little, let me put a bow on the Carson stuff. Unless yeah, you have like, cause I know I'm, I'm ready to move on from Carson. Cause look, okay, I, so- I, I will acknowledge again, under a disappointment so far for sure. And, and particularly horrible tonight. Yeah. And look, I, to the Go Birds listeners, I apologize if I, if it comes across like I'm being harsh. I just think it's time to really look at what Carson has been. But the last thing I'll say to put a bow on it is the, the same way that it doesn't matter how the Eagles play until the playoff time, the same way that, like, once they're in, anything can happen, that very much applies to Carson as well, right? Like, Carson was really bad tonight. Carson has been bad throughout the season. There's still eight games left to play. If Carson gets in the playoffs and wins a playoff game, Honestly, most of what happens in the regular season doesn't matter a ton. Like, you can, you know, analyze it and all that. But if he win, ends the season with a playoff win, then it's a successful year. So it's not the it's not the end of the world yet. But that, I just think, like, it's, it's, it's red flags everywhere, essentially. Through eight games, there's red flags everywhere. So that's how I'll put a bow on it and say that, that things can improve and he still has a chance to, to improve this year. I don't think this is a lost cause for Carson. Well, look, I mean, the last four games last year, I mean, he had – the Seattle game prior to that, you know, a few games in there where he was just absolutely god awful and was able to 
kind of recover and put it together and, and whatever. So I do think that's a fair point. But look, right now, it's certainly a disappointment. And yet, you know, a, a real chance to turn around the sense that they have a real chance to make the playoffs. And like you said, win a playoff game, which, you know, could really change a lot of narratives and also build confidence and all that stuff. All right, Doug, I, look, I don't think it seems like you're a little less critical of Doug tonight than I was. I, I just thought a lot of kind of head scratching decisions. I, I look, I like the guts. I'm generally a go for it on fourth down person. And I think especially knowing that Ben DiNucci was on the other side, kind of gave him a little more leeway to, to go for it on fourth and stuff. But um, like the one at the end, and again, this didn't matter. They won by 14, but I would have kicked a 49 yarder to make it 17 points instead of going for fourth and eight there. But ultimately it just, the offense still feels a little stale. Uh, you know, it felt like he didn't run the ball enough again when it was so clearly the thing that was working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I, I haven't felt, a lot of, again, short yardage stuff, still short yardage stuff, not working and not a lot of creativity there. You know, again, the two point fails when they go for it, the, the second one at least. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I just, look, I don't think Doug was awful, but I certainly didn't see a lot of creativity. I didn't see anything special. Again, this is the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah. If you're going to, and Carson was awful. But I think you also have to put some of it on Doug as well. Yeah, so I think that the main overall thing with Doug is whenever you watch the Cowboys this year, they looked extremely outcoached, right? They looked like a team that's extremely outcoached. The the uh, anonymous quotes certainly point to that. They did not. The Cowboys did not look like they were outcoached tonight. And yes, part of that is Carson, but they did not look less prepared than the Eagles. They did not look like they were fighting, uh, you know, not as hard as the Eagles. They looked even with the Eagles. And totally that, agree. Well, Good point. That, that falls on Doug ultimately. Like every other team has been able to make this Cowboys team an embarrassment, and Doug Peterson was not able to do it. And he's not up there executing the plays, but he, it, it, every other team has been able to do it, and he wasn't. So the the positives I'll say with Doug, um, I thought the play call on the first touchdown was a really nice play call to get Jalen Rager essentially wide open on the goal line on that two point uh, uh, from two yards out. I thought that was a really nice play call. I actually like the decision to go for it in fourth and four on the start of the uh, second quarter. It didn't work out clearly because Carson, you know, fumbled the ball. But yeah, I, was, I did I too. Okay I think it was that. even fourth and three. I like that call. Yeah, and then there was um, what was the other fourth down? There was another one he went for. <laughs> I know. Oh, the, there were, yeah, the fourth and one to I think it was fourth and one at least to Fulgham, and it was uh, incomplete. Horrible play call there. Horrible, and yeah, also I, just I, although I, I didn't I didn't like that whole sequence. I. Look, it ended up working out, but I didn't like the the running the clock all the way down and, you know, kind of taking a timeout there. That whole thing just didn't suit me. I would have just walked up to the line and pushed Carson forward. It was a yard, like, and then just kind of kept driving. But I don't know. No tempo, too. That's something that, that didn't make sense yeah, to me. Again, look, I understand. Look, I, you know, I joked on Twitter that they should go make it full circle and go go Chip Kelly tempo yeah. all the time because it's the only thing that seems to at least consistently this season work out. Like the only, like, you know, specific offensive scheme thing we can point to this season that has worked pretty much every time they do it has been when they go to tempo. And I understand they're not going to do the Chip Kelly thing. That's a joke, but... We didn't see any, it felt like, tonight. And and that makes no sense to me. Like, why don't we get the tempo going a little bit? Do something to make Carson feel a little more comfortable. And again, Carson stunk. This is not, you know, I get it. But, 
you know, in light of Carson's thinking, like, I don't know, do something to make him think a little less, to make him less in his head, whatever. I, I just, that's another thing. It just didn't feel like Doug was doing anything to help. It wasn't his, mm. he wasn't the biggest at fault, but he wasn't doing anything to help either, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. It One thing that seems to be a, a semi-common theme, though, is it feels like the play calls are getting in late. It feels like a lot of times Carson is looking back and then has to run into the huddle, call it, and then move to the line of scrimmage. So I think it was on that fourth down play where that happened as well. So I, I would definitely agree with you. Like, Doug, Doug was not great for sure. And they they do at times just look like a poorly coached team. You know, just like – and this is on the defensive side of the ball, so it's not really up to Doug. But, like, they look confused before the uh, – before the snap a lot tonight, I thought with communicating, maybe part of that because Nate is Nate, Nate Gary's not in there. And I know he's not great after the snap, but the Eagles like what he does before the snap in terms of communication. So I thought they, you know, looked like a poorly coached team uh, at times tonight. And that that definitely falls on Doug. So ultimately, like bottom line business, when we talk about Schwartz uh, in terms of how he does, the, the Cowboys were giving up an average of 34 points a game. And the offense only scored, what, 16, I guess, if you take yeah. away – the yeah. six so or 17 points so i mean it's just not acceptable like it was it was not an acceptable performance from the offense especially when i thought a lot of guys played really well like travis fulgham is legit yeah like, i was legit, gonna legit. get to him i was gonna get to him. yeah, yeah. Very, very i mean he might he might not be he might not ultimately end up being like a top 10 receiver who knows but he is definitely a, a above average quality nfl starting receiver I feel I, I feel so in, and real quick before we continue to talk about Travis Fulgham, happy birthday, buddy! Oh man, thank you. Wow, you're right. It it's is, after midnight. It is twelve oh four now. Elliot wow. Shore Parks. It is his birthday. Happy birthday, right. buddy! Happy thank birthday! You. Thank I'm very you. Very excited 30, to be talking 30, to you right now. Thirty three. Yeah, thirty three. Wow. Wild. Yeah. Good times. Just, you know, honestly, no other way I'd rather spend it than in this press box recording a Go Birds pod with you. <laughs> that, with that. And, and listeners with me now, let's say it one more time. We won't make everyone sing it or sit through singing it, but happy birthday, Elliot. We all said Thank that you. together. If you didn't I, I hit the little, it. if you guys didn't do that, hit the little, you know, 15 second back or 10 second back, <laughs> and then you can do it with me and we can all move on happy that we all got to wish happy birthday to see that's why that's why time. i had to get the i had to get the carson stuff out at the beginning i was like i gotta yeah. get it over and now we're midnight. good now, now we get to celebrate birthday. the birthday yeah it's a carson's thing. gonna come back second half of the year like this is you know 33 year old elliot has more optimism than 32 there year old elliot. there yeah. it is i love it um yeah i look i think uh i think fulgham is absolutely legit and like you said look I think at worst case scenario, he can be the number two receiver on a team for on a on a, a Super Bowl team. You know what I mean? I think worst case. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, there's a chance he's a one. Like he's very good, man. We don't know is the point, but he's got great hands. He finds spaces. He's able to make contested catches, catches in traffic, tight catches, tight window catches. Yeah, I, I he's. Absolutely legit. Let's stick on. I want to talk about the defense in a second, but let's since you went to to Fogum quickly, what did you think of Rager? You know, uh, the touchdown, the two point conversion had some plays. Obviously, um, the the drop touchdown at the end that was one you'd like to see him haul in. I know it was a nice defensive play, but still, you know, yeah, I thought you want to see him get his hands was... around that and and bring it in. But what do you think of Rager? 
Yeah, so I thought that play you're talking about, nice job even making it almost close. I thought, I mean, it was a good throw by Carson, but I just thought he played the ball nicely in the air and almost came down with it. Good play uh, to knock it away. Yeah, you're right. You would like to see him come down with that for sure. But I, I didn't think that was uh, like a drop or anything like that. Uh, he had the one nice play that I think kind of showed like what he can be is, uh, I believe it was a third down play, but they gave it to him, um, not really in the flat, but like along the, the uh, sideline. And he quickly stopped, made the first guy miss, and got an extra three or four yards for the first down. That's that kind of like after the uh, catch ability you want to see with him. I thought his catch on the uh, two-point conversion was a nice one. Like it was a good throw by Carson, but also just his ability to, to haul it in, I thought, was good. So definitely a lot of positives. I mean, he had the one drop uh, where it hit him right in the hands, and he just flat out dropped it. So, you know, with drops being a bit of an issue for him in college, it's not ideal. But yeah, I thought he looked good. I mean, again, it's, you know, it's not his first NFL game, but it's not that far off. It's, you know, his third and he really only played one and a half. So um, I thought he definitely showed some some promising signs. I mean, the tough part is, you know, like you see what Justin Jefferson's doing. You see DK Metcalf, like you see it's all these people. So I think sometimes if Rager doesn't have, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown, it feels like a disappointment. But I definitely thought he was a plus tonight. He was encouraging signs for sure. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I feel the same way again. You know, not amazing or anything, but made made the plays that he needed to make, and uh, you know, should should flash some upside. And um, I'm with you. And again, you know, he's no Travis Fulgham, but you know, who would expect him to be? <laughs> who would have thunk it? Um, yeah. Uh, anything else offensively before we flip to the D and talk to the D? Uh, Boston Scott. Um, and again, that look. We'll talk to me about the offensive line. I'm curious yeah. your take on it. So you seem to I do thought a better the offense, job judging it. Well, I think the offensive line did a a a brilliant job in the running game. I mean, just really the holes were huge, especially early on. Is you know a few of those that Boston Scott's like first two or three runs were all like 15, 20 yarders. Like he was just cruising. It felt like um, and and big holes. But I felt like early on in the passing game, they were struggling, but then they figured out. My Lotta really figured out right tackle. It was impressive, you know. Makes you think of Andre Dillard last year in that whole, um, you know, oh, imagine. Switching writing, sides, yeah. Imagine yeah. writing with your left hand if you're right-handed. And, like, how disastrous he was. And my Lotta figured out. Like, he wasn't perfect. He had some problems certainly early on. But it seemed like as the game went on, he was starting to figure it out. And, um, you know, Jason Peters obviously checking in and out, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's, it's Jason Faders. But, uh, I, I, you know, I think I, I think on the whole, like, they weren't great, but you're certainly not blaming the O-line for for the vast majority. Again, the only one I quibbled with you with, I said, was the, the second one. But like you said, I think it's also a fair point that Carson could have gotten rid of that ball. But that was the only one that was even close, that second. Yeah. You know, first fumble, or second fumble, second turnover. So in the uh, pregame show, I, I was you know, we were talking I was talking with like Reese about what what should they do versus the Cowboys like obviously the Cowboys defensive uh, are really the Cowboys defense is really bad against the rush um, so you want to do that but at the same time like Carson's the quarterback you know like over you want him him with the ball over Boston Scott I didn't think they had the personnel to run the ball against the Cowboys as bad as their defensive uh, line was against the run and I was wrong about that they they averaged four point six yards per carry I thought the holes were huge like uh, oh man. Carson has on a fashionable hat at his press conference. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm looking at the uh, video mm -hmm, right now. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'll be tweeting my take about that. But um, it's because he knows regardless. it's your birthday. He, said he knew he had to bring it. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
But I thought that the fact that the holes were so big uh, in the run game was good. You know, Boston Scott played well, but I think like in a an elite level running back or even, you know, Miles Sanders really takes a lot more advantage of what was there. I thought he didn't make a ton of guys miss. I thought he more just, you know, took took what was there from the offensive line. So that it was definitely impressive. Pass rush wise, I think sometimes if they give pressure early on, it really shades my view of how they how they did. Like Jordan Mylotta gives up a bad sack on the first snap and your or the first uh, series, and I'm like, oh man, he struggled today. But I, after that, I didn't really see him. I mean, like you know, there weren't times where I was like, oh look, he got beat really bad again, and he might have. I'm not saying he didn't, but I thought after that first really bad sack he gave up, he was kind of a like you didn't really notice him, and that's exactly what you want from an offensive tackle. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, all right, flipping it over to the defensive side of things, uh, what was your take on the defense? It's hard to tell because you're playing Ben DiNucci. I know. Right? I mean, it, it I was know. like I know. It was like when they were playing Luke Falk and they got all those sacks and like they, you know, they embarrassed the Jets. It's like I know. Well, that's yeah. what I was. Ex- that's what I was calling for. I was expecting it worked out that way. Thank goodness. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they Ben DiNucci certainly I mean, as much a reason they won the game as anybody. So I think that, you know, they forced the turnover after Carson's first fumble. Brandon Graham, Brandon Bran- Graham, geez, man, I cannot speak tonight. Brandon Graham it's late. Uh, comes. I'm tired. I feel you, buddy. I'm beat. Yeah. Brandon Graham does the uh, gets the strip sack to, you know, save the offense. So that was obviously a big play. And then they get the touchdown, which, let's be real, should not have been a touchdown. No, like, that I Rodney can't believe that touchdown. I can't. I'll take it. I can't believe that held. I, I was floored that that stayed a touchdown yeah i mean i was arguing about it with the writers in the press box and i was saying if that was flipped and that happened to the eagles like people would be absolutely livid like it wasn't even close (laughs) vinnie curry was on the ground with the ball in his hands being touched like it was for sure not a touchdown but credit to rodney mcleod for picking it up uh you know not you know playing through the whistle uh and going all the way to the end zone so they may i mean look they only give up nine points so even if you're and, playing, and a few of those were on a short field too, you know, because of the fumble. Yeah, I mean, they almost outscored. They almost outscored the Cowboys themselves. The six, you know. Yeah, no, the D, the D did great. Um, I, I, they did everything you could ask for. It's to your point. Um, you know, it's hard to tell because Danucci was so horrendous, and there were certainly some drives like that one drive where everyone knew they were just going to keep running it, and they just kept handing it to Zeke, and then if, if Pollard and just kept plowing ahead was was a frustrating one. Uh, but ultimately, I think that they did what they had to do. I think, look, Brandon Graham continues to have one of his best seasons ever, yeah. certainly from a sack perspective, his best season ever with seven sacks through eight games. I mean, that's on pace easily to have his best sack season ever. Um, that's super cool to see. Fletcher Cox flashing. Finally, we've been talking a lot about Cox, you know, kind of, you know, playing, but not quite being the Fletcher Cox we know and love. And he was really, really impressive again tonight. Uh, Hargrave, Javon Hargrave made a couple plays, which was nice to see. Uh, Malik Jackson, Darius Slay get hurt. We'll see what happens there. Luckily, the bye week coming up, an ankle injury for Slay. I wasn't sure. I think a quad maybe uh, for Mm -hmm. Malik Jackson. Yeah, quad. Um, but I think ultimate TJ Edwards flashed a little bit, made some really nice plays, especially for in the sure. game, I thought. Yeah. Um, so I think on the whole, look, you know, it's again, to your point, you know, they should completely shut down the Nooch, but they did. And and they made some big plays when needed to knock the ball to Danucci's hands a couple times. I thought they did a fine job. 
Yeah, and I also, I didn't think that there were plays to be made that he just didn't make. Like, it wasn't like guys were open and Ben DiNucci was missing them. They're, it seemed like they were the coverage was pretty well, which is impressive when you consider the fact that Darius Slay was out for a little bit. You had Michael Jaquette, who I thought in limited snaps looked pretty good until, of course, he got hurt because everybody gets hurt. But, um, yeah, I thought the defense overall w- was good for sure. Um, what do you think of the hurt stuff when they did it? The one pass, the the failed two point. Was there anything? And in general, how they're using hurts? I can't even like. I'm at the point where I can't even discuss the Jalen Hurts thing without mocking him. <laughs> like, it's it's so silly. Like, and, and I think it's it's so funny to think of them putting in Jalen Hurts plays and sitting in the office and being like. Look how innovative we're being. Like, like you know, we're not we're not a regular offense. We have plays with two quarterbacks. Like, we're a cutting edge offense. Like, not really. You literally just bring Jalen Hurts out there and run the same play basically every single time. Like, I know he threw he threw it today, but it's just it's so ridiculous. Like, either just put Jalen Hurts at quarterback or don't, because Jalen could do what Carson is doing flat out. He just could. So, like, and I'm not saying you should make that decision, but if you want Jalen Hurts in the game, put him in the game. Like. How silly is it that Carson Wentz is probably lined up at receiver like 15 times this year? He's a uh, franchise true. quarterback. He's lining you're up at receiver. You're <laughs> preaching to the choir, my friend. Preaching. So, I mean, that's where I'm at with the Jalen Hurts thing. Like, it's yeah. not it's not anti-Jalen Hurts thing. Like, I think Jalen Hurts could be a good quarterback. I like Jalen Hurts as a prospect. But, like, it's just – it's so silly when Carson's really struggling. Like, it's very obvious he's struggling. I, I don't remember what the score was. When they put, I think they were maybe up a point or something like that. But when they brought uh, Jalen Hurts in and he threw the ball, it was coming off of like when Carson was really, really struggling. And you're you're basically benching Carson without benching him. Like it's pretty much what you're doing when you put him out at receiver and put Jalen in. You let Jalen throw the ball when you're having a terrible game against the Cowboys. Like you're essentially benching him. So just I don't know. I'm I'm just very much over it. Like just stop doing it. Like just let Carson be the quarterback until you don't want him to be the quarterback. But that's it. Yeah, same. Same. Um, all right. Uh, I want to ask you about the trade deadline coming up. You got anything else on the game itself? Well, I mean, I think they got to be buyers, right? <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm asking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, on the uh, game. Um, I got nothing not else on the game. We hit everything I have. I guess really quick would be, was this the ugliest game of the year? Man. Um yeah, which is crazy to say considering they had a tie, but yeah. I feel like it has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Ugh, all right. Well, that's all I got on the game. Yeah. All right, uh, trade deadline. Uh, what do you think they should do? What do you expect them to do? I think they'll make some type of move. I think it's interesting that, and I know they can't For trade For those them. who don't know, by the way, the trade deadline is Tuesday. It is the same day as Election Day. Back yeah. To you, um, so I think it's a little interesting that Zach Ertz's name kept coming up in trade rumors. It came up again on Sunday with, uh, Adam Schefter saying that they were essentially going to be willing to bench him. I'm sorry, willing to trade him. Uh, they can't trade him now because they put him on IR. So it definitely throws a little bit of water on the idea that they were looking to do it. Cause they could have just not put him on IR and kept that option open to trade him. Um, you know, there was obviously Schefter reported that they could, they'd be willing to trade Alshon, like not a shocker there. They would have been willing to trade Deshaun, but now he's on IR as well. So it does seem like the Eagles were going to try to sell off some of their veteran talent. Um, the issue now is I don't think they really have anybody that anybody wants. Like I can't picture who they would trade 
that you would also want them to trade. Like, obviously, if they, you know, put Jalen Rager on the market, like, yes, people would trade for Jalen Rager, but they're not going to trade Jalen Rager. So, like, it's hard to find the players that would make sense. I mean, maybe Vinny Curry, I guess, but I don't think you get enough back for him where it makes sense to actually move him. Um, so I, I would imagine they'll make some type of move, maybe for a linebacker, especially now that Gary is on IR. But um, I'd be surprised if it's, like, an impactful move, I think. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Maybe a late round pick for a, you know, a uh, 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 journeyman average type player who can fill in for you and finish out the season, or maybe, you know, hopefully not this specific type of player, but a Gennard Avery S trade for someone who's got a couple years of control left or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think. Look, I think at this point you just hold. And, you know, you kind of ride, ride with what you got and you see what happens and you definitely don't expend, certainly don't expend any real assets. I think we both agree on that. Um, Here, here's a here's a fun trade hypothetical. You ready ooh, for this one? Yes. So a team calls you and they say, look, we really want Travis Fulgham. We'll give you a first round pick. Do you do it? Oh. <laughs> I feel like you have to, right? Yeah, I mean, although, like, if it's, I don't know, a team, like, if it's the Packers, which would be ironic because they cut them, but, like... I still um, feel like you have to. I feel like this guy's been good for four games. I believe, like, we both believe he's a legit NFL receiver, but, I mean, a first-round pick, I mean, Zach Ertz won't get traded for a first-round pick. You know what I mean? Like, those are so valuable. I think, yeah. Well, Fulgham probably has more value right now. Honestly, it's crazy as it sounds. Oh, I know, than Ertz. I know, it's crazy, but I agree. Would you do it for a second? Would you do it for a second? Well, obviously, I guess you would do it for a second if you would do it for yeah, a first. Yeah, a first and a second, probably. I wouldn't trade him for a third. How about that? There you go. All right. I was just curious because, I mean, I mean, he's under contract in 2021 for $800,000. It'll be interesting Which to see how nice. Howie pays him. The best, like, the best, yeah. uh, best uh, deal on the roster. Oh, without question. Yeah. Jesus. So, but yeah, yeah, I was just. Where was he to start the season? Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's definitely a positive for sure. Yeah, no question. Um, Greg Ward uh, dropped tonight, but they, they at least tried to do a pass of them. It didn't work out. That was fun. Um, yeah, all right. That's all, embarrassing thing they do. That's, but that's all I got. Uh, happy birthday again. You got any final thoughts? No, no. I mean, look, <laughs> as much as this team is frustrating, like, it is kind of sad they don't play next week. So I'll be looking forward to them to get back to a go. And I look forward to doing bye week content with you, obviously. I agree. And, uh, I agree. Deadline. And I have a gripe I want to share with everybody. Oh, so, perfect. All right. Yes. Nice. We'll, we'll, lead, we'll, we'll, we'll end on this as uh, we'll head into the bye week. First place, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pick ourselves up. We're in first place. We have a seemingly very good chance to have playoff football this year, even as sad as this team is. And, and that's exciting. Um, but. But uh, so watching the Saints Bears game, Nick Foles unable to get it done. Oh, okay. He did complete a comeback. But um, so Drew Brees passes Tom Brady for the all time record in touchdown passes. And they do this whole breaking news. And it's like keeps flashing underneath. Drew Brees has passed Tom Brady for the all-time record in touchdown passes. And it's like Tom Brady's playing tomorrow night. Like, this is so stupid. Do we have to do this, like, breaking news? Is this going to happen all season long? Are we going to – every time these guys pass each other, like, every week? Or is it going to be like, 
Tom? Breaking news. Tom Brady has now passed Drew Brees again for the 13th time this season. It has flopped. Breaking news. Like, it was so stupid. It, it, it's so dumb. It drives me crazy. And I had to get it off my chest, Elliot. Well, so you're not saying it's the modern day Sosa uh, McGuire just back and forth, back and <laughs> I, look, forth. I, it can be. Like, I like the, like, I cool. Just don't do breaking news every time one passes the other. Like, you don't do breaking news and be, make a big deal out of Drew, B, Drew Brees passing him today when we all know that Tom Brady is very likely going to pass him again tomorrow. Like, doesn't yeah. that just feel stupid? I don't know. It, it feels dumb silly. to me. Yeah. Quick quick one, I guess. We're debating in the press box if he's still, if Drew Brees is still a top 15 quarterback. Agree or disagree? Oh, he's definitely not a top 15 quarterback. Okay. Well, that's where I was, and then we went through the list. I was actually surprised that I think he came I, in at I, like Watching 11, that whole game, he looks cooked to me, man. He looks that's like how he I can't, feel. He looks like he can't get the ball 15, 20 yards downfield. A few that people disagreed with me on that I said I thought he was better was uh, just I thought Justin Herbert's better. I think Matthew Stafford is better. Those are two I, I, I would take. I, I agree with both of you, I, or both of them with you. Perfect. All right. Boom. Boom. Well, should be an exciting week, James. <laughs> it is. And uh, everyone wish Elliot a happy birthday again. Um, it is today, Monday. So when yes. you're probably listening to this pod, it is Elliot's birthday, so. Wish him a happy birthday. Um, all right, Elliot. Uh, we will be back later this week. As Elliot said, bye week content. We'll have some shows later this week. Um, we'll still do our pick show, of course, because there will be games this weekend and uh, and our Saturday show on WIP. So um, until then, uh, Eagles, despite all of that, are in first place, mostly for the biggest reason of all, because Dallas sucks. There That's it is. the thing that truly was shown, I think, the most out of everything tonight. Dallas truly sucks. He's Elliot. I'm James. We'll talk to you guys later.